0: And welcome to planning the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by Dabaoki, David Brothers, Chip Zdarsky, and myself, Christopher Woodrow-Butcher, follow along with our show notes and reading list at MangaSplaining.com. This week, we're doing a bit of a bonus episode. We're not sure how we're going to call it in the end, but for now, you are listening to a list of the books that we thought were the best reads for new readers from season one. We wanted to come up with sort of a bonus content situation where it was like, yeah, we've covered 29 books on season one, but what are the ones that we actually wholeheartedly recommend? And it kind of springs out of David's reviewing ideology, let's say. (laughs) So David, tell us a little bit about that. So I'm
1: very smart and I've been a (laughs) comic's critic since 2005 or something like that
2: and i, I put agree. a lot of thought mm-hmm. into
1: you know the things that i write about the things the way i write about them as well and for me i started realizing that like good and bad are very subjective like there's obviously things that are very bad because of like structural issues or overall quality or whatever they're just broken but like good or bad like i could love a sandwich you could hate a sandwich it's the same sandwich so <laughs> yeah. for me it's the execution of the sandwich we're calling a comic book and so, it's less like, is this good? Is this bad? It's more, how does this make you feel? What does it like, get you fired up about? What made you gasp in shock and awe and that kind of thing?
3: Mm. Are you a Subway sandwich fan? Because I mean, the, the sandwich artists, I feel like that's Sbaro where you're going with this, is like
1: the next level up from Subway. Oh. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, Sabaro is like the vertigo of Subways if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is really trying to think that went through, and I think that I got to him.
0: <laughs> Sparrow in Canada is not as good as Sparrow in the States. So when you said that, I was like, "It's worse than regular subway." Like subway, <laughs> but I was thinking back, I was like, "Oh right, we had Sparrow in Vegas because we were like we couldn't get into our room and it was the only thing open." Oh, that was actually weirdly good, actually. So <laughs> I kind of yeah, I kind of get, it's get what still you're like saying. subway tier. Like, don't get me wrong, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, just that little bit, that little bit <laughs> nicer. So they warm up the sandwiches. It's, yeah, I get yeah. you. Hello, um, <laughs> and welcome to Sandwich Planning, <laughs> The show where we recommend kind of mid-tier sandwiches to people. <laughs> <laughs> but that kind of thing, like you, you,
1: you had it, and it was good in the US. It wasn't as good in Canada. I yeah. imagine it's the same recipe in both countries, but just yeah. the execution in the individual places are different. And the same for yeah. a lot
0: of manga. Where, like, the overall quality is cool, but like, what works? And what works for specifically a new reader, like Mm -hmm. someone who hasn't read a lot of manga before? Honestly, this is a journey that we've all been on together. Where stuff that I think I know that Deb and I had talked is like stuff that we thought would absolutely hit, like, slap for a new reader. We get to the end of the first volume and we're like, oh, right, this doesn't get good to volume three. Uh, Whoops. (laughs) Maybe not the best introduction. So, some of people's favorites, I think, are not going to show up on this list. But on the other end of things, it's like, oh, wow, I I thought this would be obtuse and difficult and weird and arty. And it's like, no, Chip loved it. Chip loved it because he's someone who likes comics.
3: But much like David, I'm extremely smart.
0: (laughs) That's true. It's it's
3: very hard to equate me with just uh, your average new reader. (laughs) (laughs) The whole premise of this podcast is a little suspect.
0: (laughs) And yet we soldier on. (laughs) Which brings us to our first book. Chip, you're so smart. Let's put Mm -hmm. you on the spot. Sure. The first book that you picked in all of manga Planning history was Way the House Husband, because you saw, I guess, an advertisement or a clip for the anime or something. You're like, oh, my God, why aren't we reading that? Talk to yeah. us. What do you think makes Way the House Husband good for a new reader?
3: Uh Jokes. And jokes. jokes that work, I think, for all audiences. It's gorgeous. If you're coming into it just uh, on an art perspective, it's one of the best drawn books that we've had mm. on the show. It also really did well the the idea of the short bits because there wasn't an overarching story. Yeah, so you could you could you could pick up really any volume and just jump right in and like have some level of satisfaction with with just the individual story. Even though there were characters that kind of pop up throughout, so it rewards the full reading experience. But you can just get the the individual bits and and love it. And it's just so funny. I think I, I said. During that episode that as I was reading it, I was taking photos of it and sending it sending it to sorry, a bit of a name drop here, creator of Hawkeye, Matt Fraction. <laughs> I believe he created Hawkeye all by himself, and I would send it to him, and I'd just be like, "Oh th- oh my God, this is so funny, you've got to read it." and it just reminded me of his sense of humor, yeah, yeah, so it 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 just felt like a perfect entry point. Kind of North American comic readers, but really any reader.
0: That's awesome. yeah I actually really loved that one too. I think we all universally. Well, that's that's the that's the 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 point of all this. We all love these books pretty universally. Yeah. The one thing I remember you saying is that the, it does get a little repetitive as the series goes on. You think you were talking about how volume yeah. five was a little bit less well drawn and a little bit samey? Is mm-hmm. it still the case, or is it still something that you like? you know, really enjoy.
3: I mean, yeah, yeah, there is. I think with anything that has any kind of repetitive structure, you run the risk of overdoing it. My lovely bride, I like to call her my lovely bride. We've been watching BBC Taskmaster clips (laughs) online. I don't know if any of you have seen this, this British game show of comedians. And it's like, it's basically the same thing all the time. And it's like, they're really funny on their own. But then like, after you watch like four episodes back to back, you're just like, all right, maybe we take a break for a little bit, you know? Yeah. But the quality is still there. I I, I do think that, yeah, way of the house husband, some of the art doesn't quite live up to volume one and volume two, but it's still really great comics. And I will say it's the only, there's only two series where I've, I've, I've gone past the recommended reading and it's way of the house husband and Tokyo terror, girls. So high praise. That's a hell of a recommendation. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> a huge endorsement. Deb, why don't you tell us about one of the series that you thought was the best of the, best of the year?
2: I Well, let's see. There were so many. I, I think maybe one of the early ones we talked about was Mermaid Saga. Mm. That was kind of an attempt to bring in a really well-known, well-loved manga creator who has a tendency to write very, very long series. They're <laughs> wonderful series, but they're very, very, very long. So Mermaid Saga, at being only two volumes, gave a nice jumping in point to introduce you to Rumiko Takahashi. And the way that she has this really wonderful sense of humor, great storytelling. And I really was thrilled to hear when, you know, when Chip was reacting to it, like, oh you know, like the plot twists were so enjoyable and yeah. surprising. So oh. it, this was kind of early on in mangas, Splitting, where it's like, oh, I'm not sure what t- tolerance for manga-ness <laughs> is. <And> so, <laughs> no. I, I thought it was, it was just really nice to just kind of hear that endorsement. I mean.
0: I think, I think it's really interesting that you mentioned tolerance for manga or tolerance for manga of a manga, because that's a huge <laughs> thing. Like a lot of people bounce off stuff that feels too manga when they first start reading it. And Mermaid Saga is in a good place for that, I feel.
2: And it's a horror story, right? I mean, so in some ways you could, even though it's all connected by the, by these two immortals who ate the flesh of the mermaid, and then they encounter other people who either want to eat the flesh of the mermaid or have eaten the flesh of the mermaid and are dealing with the curse of it. And, you know, the immortality or, you know, the, you know, the kind of the Russian roulette thing where like, if you eat it, you either are immortal or you turn into a monster. It's really interesting, but you can kind of read it in little in like two or three chapters. And if you, it's not for you, it's okay, but you read the entire arc without much investment.
1: I love that one of our most accessible picks is about cannibalism.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't view mermaids as people. i <laughs> well, said that on this podcast. They're fish.
0: They're delicious they're... fish. Oh, man. Especially in Japan. <laughs> Moving along. Yeah. Actually, on that note, I was going to make David go next, but let's talk about Zom One Hundred real quick. This mm. is the only book on our list today that we actually didn't pick out of the four of us. It was one of the books that Viz, let's be honest, paid us to read, and I was shocked at how much I liked it. Like, I think it has that same kind of seinen absurdity vibe that David really digs, and just we sort of saw a lot more of in season two with like Raw Hero and some of the other mm. even even to an extent Apple Sims into like the the complete Nihe oof, like there's just like a crazy seinen, anything goes, there's going to be lots of like sexual innuendo, whatever but it's still about zombies and it's still mm-hmm. about someone trying to live his best life under difficult circumstances, <laughs> let's which say which I can
2: relate to frankly right now <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow it just just hit different and it hit the right way, If it's one of the things that, it's one of the few pieces of zombie media that didn't make me sick of it, even by like page one like it was doing really fun kind of poignant but really fun stuff with the whole concept of it and it didn't read like a pandemic analog thank god because i don't think i need any more of those either Mm. and the art is great too that's the other thing he draws such really fun art it has its weaknesses along with its strengths but you look at that those pages of artwork particularly like oh, he would be really well drawn as a manga character. And then there'd be like a hyper-detailed background with like hundreds of zombies in a Tokyo streetscape. And it wouldn't be too much detail. The artist really knows when to pair all the way back and when to go for it. And that's something that we've encountered a few times was actually really difficult. And honestly, as much as people complain about them, people love zombie stories. And if you can convince them, no, this is actually one of the good ones. (laughs) It's actually a pretty fun, it's a pretty fun read.
1: Would you have read it, if not for Viz giving it to you?
0: I was super curious about that book. I'm not going to lie. I love, I love cover art. I love cover art. I follow a couple people that just post manga cover art, both from North America and internationally. Mm-hmm. And I saw that cover art in Japanese. And it was so cool and like so of the moment and well-designed with like beautiful circular text and like really bold font choices and like, a like a hot pink, like fifth color cover background. And all the, all the volumes have like a fifth color neon ink in them. It was like, they're trying to do something different with this book. That want makes me want to give it at least a shot. Mm. Specking stuff out like that, like platinum ends doing that right now. And like, I don't mind Obata's work. I think, you know, really, really good. Obata and sorry. Who's the other collaborator on that one? Oba and Obata. That's it. Thank you. But like they're, they're doing beautiful Prismafoil covers on that. And it's only four volumes and I've heard mixed things, but I still want to check it out because someone somewhere along the line thought this is worth paying attention to. And considering how much manga gets published, that looks exactly like the same format right now. And just like pumping it out. And there's so much of it. I want something to stand out and mm-hmm. Zom 100 totally did that. So when Viz Viz said, oh, go ahead and read this. I was thrilled actually. And the fact that it was actually good was even better, <laughs> frankly, <laughs>
3: Sorry, are are Viz paying us to talk about it right now?
0: It's sort of a legacy payment. Okay. All right, just, <laughs> just <a little laughs> honest, I'm not gonna yeah. I we'll like we'll put we'll put the
2: bitly link in the show notes. <laughs>
0: Quick. David doesn't want to talk about Viz things. David, quickly. Yeah. Talk about another book. So published by Kodansha
1: and Dark Horse, two non Viz companies. Kodansha most recently, <laughs> there is Akira by Katsuhiro Otomo. Which we've obviously said a lot about. It comes up on almost every episode, I think. But, I've heard
3: good things. I've heard good things.
1: Yeah, right. It's got good buzz. Yeah, <laughs> but actually, that's kind of what I was going to dig into is when our episode about Akira Book Three went up. Like a bunch of artists on Twitter were like, "Oh, I have to reread it now. Like this is a holy text. Like this is the best yeah. thing in the world." And that's something that I try to pay attention to, mm. not because artists necessarily like know everything about art, because obviously, like critics and editors are the ones who you know the most, but. <laughs> Whenever like a big group of people are really energetic about something, like there's something to that. There's something to pay attention to in an Oculus case. Like it's just amazing drawings on every page. Like if Mm -hmm. you like looking at, this is a lesson I actually learned as a kid, like dope drawings are dope forever. Like they're always fun. They're accessible to anyone. And if you're inclined to this kind of like very keen architectural post apocalypse and mid apocalypse as well, kind of art style, Like, Akira is a book for you. You know, the adventure is cool. The level of craft on display is cool. But more than anything, it just looks amazing.
0: Like You flip five pages, there's a different iconic image. I think that
1: says a lot about the work.
0: Mm, I was thinking about that episode because I was talking about how frustrating it would have been to only get 20 pages at a time on the weekly serialization when that was coming out. And Chip was just like, no, you just look at it a million times and you you backed him up on that. (laughs) And I realized that Akira is beautifully drawn. I'm not taking anything away from it, but the storytelling is so good. Like Mm -hmm. the way he moves you from panel to panel that you don't need to luxuriate on the drawings. In fact, he uses every trick he's got in his arsenal as an artist to make you not spend time with each panel because it's so clean. It's so like just zigzagging you through every page flipping pages. Things are happening. It's, it's really, it's a masterwork. Like, I don't even mind saying that. And it's hard because <laughs> when you say something like that, it follows you around. But yeah. straight up, like, I, like going back and reading, rereading a couple sequences after we recorded the podcast to include them in the show notes, he doesn't want you to linger. But if you do, it's so rewarding. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't cheat almost anything. But, you know, there's a couple yeah. here and there, but there's like every panel is beautiful. So, yeah, I agree with you there.
2: But isn't it amazing how like the third volume is a perfect beginning and ending
0: of mm-hmm, a chapter mm-hmm. of an arc? Yeah.
2: You know, it's beautifully planned. It's like, did you, did you plan that in advance? That's amazing. <laughs> he's
1: a monster. <laughs> like He's so good at his job. Like, I joke that I'm... Like, I reread Acura a- once a year, but more it's just that I'm always reading it, you know? Because mm. I'll think of a scene. I'll think of Chiyoko punching the guy through the boat and have to read mm-hmm. the scene because it's so good. Yeah. Or stuff from later, you know, volumes that are also equally
0: good. Chip, you actually only picked one book in the first season, but I hear you liked more than one. Why don't you tell us about a book that you really enjoyed in season one? Do I have to? You do. You do have to. You liked it so much you made us go back and read the rest, so that's pretty That's pretty clear.
3: That is true. Okay, BL Metamorphosis was my my other pick. And I would tell you who who created it, except I'm not allowed to use the internet because my internet's so slow, so I can't even look up the names of people. <laughs> so I'll, 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 I'll let you fill in the blanks. Um, it'll um, be in the show notes, folks. All I
0: the creators, the all the translators, the letterers—it'll all be in the show notes. Sponsor manga explaining for Chip's internet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> please, please, I'm only making Batman money now. Everyone's doing Batman. So there's not enough money to go around for him. Oh my God! So yeah, I mean, BL Metamorphosis was interesting because it was it was a kind of an introduction to kind of kind of a gentler type of comic with with really delicate kind of pacing, and but also an introduction to the concept of boys' love because that's what the BL mm. stands for in BL Metamorphosis, and it's about an older uh, widowed lady kind of accidentally encounter some boys' love in a bookstore. And kind of falls in love with the genre and begins a really beautiful friendship with a young woman who also shares that love. And I think I recommended the final three volumes, right? If I recall correctly, just to see where, where the story goes and kind of one of the subplots is that the, the younger BL fan wants to create comics and it's about them going to a comic con so they can sell uh, her works. And it's, Really lovely, I think, especially for uh, kind of my fellow comic creators from the uh, Comic Con angle, uh, a lot of familiar feelings there. But I think just general kind of comic book fans mm. as a way of kind of seeing what uh, the manga scene is like in Japan and as an introduction to boys' love. So I think for a new reader who's looking for something that isn't overwrought and mm. action filled mm. this is a was a really really lovely i think I used the word delicate delicate story yeah yeah and i i, I appreciate the fact that all of you want to continue reading it with me
1: was your interest in romance con- not romance comics i'm so single tracked right now uh romance, romance novels <laughs> yeah i guess romance actually <laughs> like was your history with romance and harley quinn like an aspect uh, oh yeah for interest? sure okay for
3: sure Long time listeners will know that I, I definitely read my share of romance novels when I was in college. It started off as a joke, like most things in life, and it <laughs> became kind of a thing for me for a year or two. That and growing up on soap operas. Like, I love soap operas as a kid.
1: Mm.
3: And it's funny because *Beowulf* Metamorphosis is like the opposite of a soap opera because it doesn't have like the drama and the sexiness and stuff. Yeah. But the stuff that they're talking about does have that, yeah. And so, I mean, we we I mean, we've only kind of dipped our toe into actual boys' love in the the, the past season. We're going to go for kind of a lot kind of sexier Yaoi stuff. Uh, Deb, you mm-hmm. can't see this, but Deb is winking at me. <laughs> oh, we sure are.
2: We're going from zero to sixty and five. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Name drop again, Matt Fraction. Uh, <laughs> <sent> me the <laughs> listing for Dick Fight Island Volume 2 today. It's just like, have you heard of this? And I'm like, buddy, I'm going to be
0: reading
2: <laughs> Volume 1. I'm way <laughs> ahead of you. You're
0: you're not reading. You're hosting that episode. Oh, yeah, I'm
3: hosting it. Oh, my God. Yeah,
0: that's the... the Dick Fight Island is the chip episode, which I think <laughs> we all knew was eventually going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, B.L. Metamorphosis was really... Is really... Hmm, literature is really lovely. And I'm so glad yeah, I'm actually really glad you made us go read the rest of it because like, we've read so much good stuff on this podcast that it's like, oh, the first couple volumes are really good. I should get back to that. And then dot, dot, dot.
3: And I think as a group, we also needed to find out whether or not the old woman lives or dies. And yeah, I'm, oh not my gonna, God. I'm not going to spoil it in this episode in case this is your first episode, but we needed to find out. I'm glad I could help us get there.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's very satisfying for five volumes. You know, it it the mm-hmm. arc is very satisfying. It did, it was so nice compared to some series that just kind of go on longer than they should. It just seems mm. to end in a very nice, sweet, natural way.
3: Are you talking about sex criminals again? Because oh. I've already
0: apologized for that. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Quickly changing the subject, David, do you have another book that you'd like to talk about that was one of your favorites from season one? Yeah, kind of
1: building on what Chip was saying about how kind of anyone could kind of get into beyond metamorphosis another book that's similar was wave listen to me because that was one that even though if i said the pitch like it's about a lady a rambunctious young woman gets a job at a radio station and it changes her life right Mm. and that seems like a very specific weird thing as a manga thing like oh it's about radios but if you don't read manga it's just about a job you know it's seinfeld or the office or something like that (laughs) Which really makes me want to see what like Julia Louis Dreyfus could do with this in some role, one way or another. <laughs> oh my, that's God. just everything with me. But as yeah. a manga, it's funny. The characters are endearing. They're kind of some are broad sketches, others are much more detailed in terms of personality and you know background. But they're all they all feel real, or at least interesting. And if they don't feel mm. real, they feel goofy in a way where you're like, I got to see what's up with this sister. Like she's too weird <laughs> to just like want to work at this restaurant just because. So I think that there's something about Wave Listen to me that even though it sounds like a niche product, like the actual thing, the actual execution is very much like perfect for a newbie because there's nothing particularly comic booky about it outside of the fact that it is like a very well-drawn and well-made comic book. Mm-hmm.
3: Can I just point out, I love that you use the word rambunctious to describe someone. <laughs> Like, people just she don't fights use that so word. many people
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: true but rambunctious is a great descriptor for
0: her. Longtime listeners will remember that i kind of bounced off that during that episode and we covered this a little bit during the season two wrap-up but i actually went back and reread it and i liked it i just liked it and i think i was just in the wrong headspace it was kind of the beginning of the pandemic my trips mm-hmm. to japan had been canceled it was set in hokkaido where my friends live and they had just had a adorable baby that i'm still have yet to meet my good friends keith and mino if you're listening thank you for sending me a care package from hokkaido so i didn't miss a list and i think it just it all just i go back and listen to what i said about it and it just didn't click there was nothing wrong with it it was me and now having reread it i do think yeah anyone could pick that up if they they like stories about people (laughs) which is like (laughs) such a broad descriptor but there's a lot of stories in comics that are not about people. They're about you know, a lot of other things mm-hmm. without picking any picking on any one genre or type of book in particular. So yeah, I, I I've seen the light, go back and go back and read wave, listen to me.
3: I think I think also during that period I remember you telling me you just in general had a low rambunctious tolerance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's me. I was very sedate during that time. I mean, <laughs> rambunction is hard to deal with sometimes. So it's
2: a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's true. It's I like true. her as a character, you know, because she's. Yeah. I like her as a character because she's, oh, she's great. She's not a teenager, but, mm. but at the same time she's kind of just you know, kind of kind of has nothing to lose. Just just so speaks her yeah. mind, just does whatever she feels like. And, you know, yeah. God help anyone in her way, you know? But yeah, she's so, yeah. still so likable.
1: I think she has nothing to lose because she speaks her mind so much that she has <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, that and breaking into other people's apartments. But yeah, yeah, Wave, listen to me. Totally good. Was hoping it was on Azuki so I could go and read the next volume. <laughs> Deb, did you want to talk about another book?
2: Sure. Well, well they know how we talk about manga explaining is explaining manga. This here is an explainer manga, or at least the first explainer manga we started d- using that term for, and that's Oishinbo. Mm. Oishinbo is basically a manga for anyone who likes food, Japan, cooking, or any combination thereof. So it's basically, I mean, the premise is that it's about a father and a son who hate each other's guts. They're pitted against each other to find the ultimate menu, or like amazing dishes that are worthy of being called the best you know, in Japan. And then along the way, like Spain stuff, like you know how's the white? Right, right, what's the right way to cut fish for sashimi, and how to make dashi, and you know, even me, I've discovered I don't use chopsticks the right way. <laughs> so <laughs> Oishinbo has stuff to teach you. It's a real long series, but it's kind of nice because Viz gives you these uh, best of samplers. Like if you want to read about fish and seafood, or you want to read about rice or sake, it's it's really it's one of those manga that I recommend to people who just like food. If you like. Mm-hmm. You know, Food Network or Travel Channel. Oishinbo Shinbo is there for you. I was just on a podcast, the Milk Street Podcast, which is basically a cooking podcast, and I talked about cooking manga. And this was one of the ones I talked about. So I hope people pick it up. It's got it's it's a little weird in some ways because because it's the best of. It jumps around the story. So in the beginning, they're dating. The two characters date, and the next thing you know, they're married. It's like, what? <laughs> Did I miss yeah. something? <laughs> But you know, it, it's either that, or we you know, we would never get it because it's one hundred and eleven volumes. So anyway, yeah.
1: there's a lot of food.
0: There's yeah. a lot of food out there to try.
3: I, uh, if I recall, it was the it was both the best and the worst. Yes, <laughs> series to read during a <laughs> pandemic because like it just it reminded me how much I love food that I'm not making myself. <laughs> and it, it, it made me uh, as a person who's only been to Japan twice and really didn't have strong feelings about it. It made me miss Japan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine how it was for the three of you.
0: A friend of mine called me just before the podcast started. He's like, don't be mad at me. And I'm like, what? And he, like literally this happened today. <laughs> this is not a, this is not a bit like, so I finally, am on episode five of your podcast and I was like, oh, okay. So that's like, you're a year, about a year behind, but that's fine. Thank you for listening at all. And he's like, why have I never read Oation Bowl? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I've never read. I'm like, how have you not read it? You're like a comics reader and a manga reader. You've been to Japan a dozen times. You're such a like food snob. And I've actually recommended it to you. He's like, I know, but sometimes it's hard to like actually pull the trigger and pick up a manga and start reading. He read, he's in love. He's bought them all digitally. Like today he started reading it and he went and bought all of them digitally to soak in all the information he could. He's like, it's making me a better eater. I was like, "Whoa, wow. Okay. Wow. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So Franz, if you get to this episode in three years, Franz, there, you got mentioned on the podcast. That's your, that's your pass. Uh, Chip, what do you want to say? Well,
3: I was just going to ask, because we know the same comics people who it was, but you just out uh, of them. So that's,
0: yeah, I that's did cool. out Franz. Yeah I, yeah. I have no problem with that. I was going to say, you could
3: say it, and we could get David to beep the name out, but no, Franz. Franz, this is on you.
0: This is on you. And he has a really nice iPad for reading comics, too, so I'm sure he's having a great time. Yeah, I remember, David, you were a little bit lukewarm on this one for yourself as a reading experience, so I was really... Mm -hmm it really cemented what you talk about when you're talking about reviews, when you said, yeah, this is one that I would definitely recommend to somebody as a first manga, if they were interested in the subject matter. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really key for a lot Mm -hmm. of the recommendations we make on the podcast is like, all of these books are good first reader books, if you want, like, if you don't ever want to read a story that's a sci-fi or a military story, no matter how good Akira is, you're maybe not going to want to read Akira. It's got some heavy stuff in it. Yeah. Likewise, if you don't want to know about Japanese food, don't read don't read Oishinbo. No matter how much we're recommending it right now, because 200 it's pages just about, about rice, <laughs> right? It's two hundred <laughs> pages about it's two hundred great pages about rice. But yeah, so that's that's yeah, I thought I'm, that was really impressive. I'm
3: real surprised. I'm real surprised if Subway sandwich comparison guy over here, uh, bounced off the fine cuisine series.
1: Oh, wow. They need a family restaurant
0: volume of Oishinbo with Subway and Denny's and everything else. American Oishinbo. Oh yeah. my God. That's if there's ever conventions again, that's a convention sketch right there. Mm. That's
2: it. <laughs> that book is yours to write, David.
0: Yeah. <laughs> On a slightly different uh, note, although one that we also really enjoyed, I'm going to go with Even Though We're Adults, which is another one I picked that actually has a little bit of food in it, but not the same thing. But it has bar culture. And I thought that that was really interesting. Even Though We're Adults is by Takeko Shimura. We've probably by now ran a special article on the website about that Erica Friedman wrote. So go check that out, monksplaining.com. And it's about a lady who meets an out lesbian lady at a bar and starts flirting and lets herself get picked up and lets her and doesn't experience maybe starts coming out and realizing that she might be gay, she might be bisexual, she might just be in love with this one lady because she's really cool and funny and nice, but she didn't expect any of it and it's not just about a coming out story it's about well she's also married and she's got uh, you know a husband who's like pretty chill given the fact that his his wife has fallen in love with another lady but also has all these other responsibilities and social pressures and things like that, so it's a complicated romance story it has romance aspects it has friendship aspects it has complicated relationship stuff it has a little bit of that like juicy drama that you like out of your delightful romance stories and yeah i just that was that was the first book i picked on the podcast that i hadn't read before recommending it because i liked the concept so much and i liked that creator's other works and knew that they were a really talented creator And I'm shocked at how well it turned out, frankly, like we all kind of loved it. So if we can all pick up a book that we haven't read before, just because it sounds good, maybe y'all can too. I think so.
1: I, my one complaint about even though we're adults and like, I've never been like a shipper or anything like that. It's just not really how my brain is wired, but I really want like a polyamorous ending for this
0: book because I'm rooting for (laughs) all three people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Happy ending for all three people would be great. Yeah. That is always the goal, right? Right. For for romantic entanglements. <laughs>
3: I forget how uh, many volumes is it? It's,
0: it's still ongoing, actually. The fourth volume or third or fourth volume is coming out, I think, this week, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why we're actually running that other Takeokushimura. So it hasn't it hasn't
3: finished in Japan.
0: I believe it is volume five might be the last, but volume yeah, volume four comes out. At the beginning of April, actually. April 5th. Mm. So pre-order it now. Published by Seven Seas.
3: Well, maybe at some point this will be our BL metamorphosis in which we all get together just to see if they end up poly or not.
0: <laughs> nice.
2: Oh, that's exciting.
0: Yeah. And these are short volumes, too. They're only 160 pages. We could burn through volumes two through five, right? We could do that. I mm-hmm. think so. I think so. But, uh, I think, I
3: think so we all think. enjoyed it. So it would be a good pick for all of us to kind of continue reading to the end. Mm,
0: are sure. we Are we doing this? Are we picking another? Well, sorry. First week wow. of April. Well, maybe uh, maybe in. that could be maybe that could be chips next pick for next up next time we pick books. We'll
3: All see. Right. If, uh, my next pick might be Dick Flight Island too. So.
2: <laughs> you'll you'll want to read Dick Island Island, I promise.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> David, did you have another title you wanted to recommend to us? Man, I have to follow even though we're adults with journal of my father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. we were going to have to talk about it at some point, so uh. Yeah. Better while we're all in a good mood. So
1: award-winning episode of *Long Explaining, one of our best. I think all of us cried on the episode. It's the story of a man coming to terms with the fact that his father lived a very full and complicated life before and after he was born. Before and after the son was born, not the father was born. And the way it's told and kind of the things it digs into, like it's a tearjerker, I guess is the best way to put it. Like it will actually like yank the tears out of your body you know, like, I was raised by my mom. I've got a complicated relationship with my dad accordingly. So, like, it, it isn't my situation, but it has enough of a similar texture to where I could very easily grasp onto it and yeah. really feel, like, touched by the things they were talking about, by the revelations. Even, like, everyone has that moment where you realize, like, wait, my parents used to be teenagers, too, with all, like, the <laughs> scandalous stuff that that, yeah. you know, yeah. suggests. Yeah. <laughs> And this book is that, but for a man's entire life of just going like, oh, this is why my dad was this way. And this is how I feel about it. And this is the effect that it had on me
0: that I have to live with. So, mm. yeah, definitely worth it.
2: I was so touched to see all the, the comments on the blog about this episode. Yeah.
0: We've been receiving some really incredible comments um, for, on the blog, on, in the comment section, on Twitter, on Instagram, actually. People that didn't necessarily want to say what they wanted to say in a public space, but mm-hmm. have sent in comments to say, yeah, that episode really affected me. My relationship with my dad was X and talking about that. And yeah, I would say if you're listening to this and you're curious about this book, it's a one volume book, which is kind of awesome. We don't get to read a yeah. lot of those. There's not a lot of those published, so you could pick up one hardcover and and you know start beginning, middle, end. Definitely after, I wouldn't do this before you read that volume, but definitely afterwards, check out the comments on our episode of on our episode of Journal of My Father because some people have shared some really personal stuff in the comments there that's really touching, really heartbreaking too, but really touching. And not every piece of
1: art can pull that off, you know? Like, Mm. I love Spider-Man, but I've never really felt compelled to write in about, like, how much I love my uncle, you know, who introduced (laughs) me to Spider-Man, to a Spider-Man comic. Yeah. But Journal of My Father, it's so deeply human and relatable, I think, that, you know, it turns out a lot of people have weird relationships with their parents. And yeah. kind of cracks that open a little bit
3: there's also the thing uh, I, i'm a digital manga reader and this is one of the only ones where i had to get a physical copy and the physical version is just really really lovely too like, mm, yeah and i think it's the kind of story that really supports that kind of treatment yeah uh, mm-hmm. i I kind of get why they didn't put it out digitally because it's like no this is one you're going to want for your shelf <laughs> and then the paper is such that it absorbs the tears which is really nice. <laughs> yeah, it's matte. It's that. a nice
0: st- matte stock, uncoated stock. Was really good. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Well, speaking of oversized hardcover one-volume manga, let's a go to something exactly.
2: Sequo- well, completely well, yeah. different.
0: <laughs> Panorama Island: A uh, Strange Tale of yeah. Panorama Island by suihiro maruo is in exactly the same format as Eternal of My Father*, which I didn't recognize at the time but now that we're talking with them back to back i'm like i'm gonna jump in ahead of deb here because that's another done in one book that elicited very specific feelings although not a tearjerker in any way (laughs) (laughs) this is a story it is an absurdist short told in the sort of weimar republic roaring 20s kind of vibe but it was the taisho area is what it was called in japan it was an era of rapid modernization, of westernization, of incorporating all these different cultural ideas from all over the world, so Art Nouveau and Art Deco and all this all this stuff all at once, and turning it into a short story in like the late 20s and early 30s by a Japanese writer, a mystery writer named Edogawa Rampo. This manga was adapted, as I learned, out, learned during the podcast, very recently by Suihiro Maruo, who's sort of a master of eroguro and like super detailed drawings and things like that and it's just it's a trip like there's it's a there's nothing else like it in english you can't say that very often but except for other works by suihiro maro (laughs) he's his own genre a little bit and he's super influential as well uh, which i think is a big part of like you can read other stuff if you liked it but it's nothing's quite the same anyway long story short it's just about a Man who decides that it is he and not his best friend who should be powerfully wealthy because he will use that wealth to create the ultimate pleasure island for people to obviously, very rich people to enjoy and luxuriate in and to create a paradise on earth that lives up to these like revolutionary ideals from the 20s and 30s. And of course, he just has to keep murdering people to make that happen. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's great. Like, it's also, like, if anyone pushed too hard, it's this just on the right side of completely indefensible as a book. <laughs> but it's a, it's a hell of a read. And I recommend it strongly with equally strong caution.
3: It's so funny because, like, the story of the creation of Panorama Island almost exactly mirrors the creation uh, lately of Disney's Star Wars Hotel. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs>
1: Time for a manga film filter.
3: So many people murdered.
2: So like the Jawa's are like the little dwarves and whatever.
3: <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, and the naked uh, statue
1: is Winnie the
0: Pooh. The naked statue <laughs> the Pooh.
3: There you go. There you go.
0: Wow. The show notes for that episode are a trip, too, by the way. I just went and reread them all. And yeah, go check out Panorama Island. The show notes are going to spoil for you, but it's not about being spoiled on that book. It is about the experience of reading it, not about the plot in almost any way. In fact, the plot, the more you think about it, the dumber it kind of gets. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's a beautiful, like, delightful time in manga. Deb! How do you want to follow up, Panorama
2: Island? Jesus, I don't even know where to start. Right well, I mean, the other book I have is uh, equally beautiful, just maybe not as not as much murder. I mean, small animals <laughs> mm, get get out. hurt, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's a bride story <laughs> by Cora <Koro> Mori. <laughs> <laughs> now, the bride story is like one of those books that it's like you can sell people on this book simply by saying, "Just read volume one," because it mm. is just gorgeous. The art is detailed. The storytelling is impeccable. It's really for historical manga. It it just flows and it's very slice of life. Has some drama. Just it's just an exquisitely drawn story in so many ways. Basically, it's about a, it's set in the late 1800s in the Middle East, and Amir is like this 20 year old woman from a nomadic tribe, and she gets married in into another village, and her husband is 12 years old, so she's eight years mm-hmm. older than him. Now this could get Being as this is manga, could have been very creepy, but it is not. (laughs) It's it's relationship is handled really tastefully and sweet, and the way that Kuro Mori tells these, you know, tells the story like she just lets them live. You know, they 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 eat, they they cook, they hunt, and it's she reveals things about the characters based on how they act and what they do, rather than a lot of you know in you know, internal dialogue and stuff like that. There's a lot of beautifully observed details and a little gentle humor, but in the background there's like some drama that's going to be ramping up. That's it's it's just a beautiful book. I think it's really nice to read.
3: Yeah, it was one of the books that I was I was amazed at the art. Yeah. like a lot of the manga we, we, we've been reading i've been like oh yeah that's really good that's really good but with this one i was just like oh wow like on every level it works it's, it's the closest to akira in terms of like not just attention to detail but also storytelling
0: yeah virtuoso she's a virtuoso for sure of yeah. like making comics yeah we read a lot of stuff in the first season that was like favorites of ours it was like oh man this doesn't necessarily grab you from the first volume Bride story is one that grabs you from the first chapter. Like if you can find a preview online and you start reading that, you're going to know instantly if it's for you. And I, I think we all would wager to say it's for you. Like it's, it's pretty great. Uh, I know some people are a little squicked out about the marriage stuff, but it's so neutral. Like it's so delicately handled and neutral that, you know, I would say, give it a shot anyway, even if you've always been a little squeamish about it, because it's not. It never presents itself as icky or gross or a problem. It was. It's just like this is how things were, you know, hundreds of years ago, and you don't. And it's. It doesn't play any of that up. She's really careful to be sensitive, which is not the case. You could be reading a book that's rated T for teen and get a shower scene with a fifteen-year-old. Like it just happens, you know. And that's that's manga. That's what Deb was talking about. This doesn't have any of that and i think that that's really important
3: i <laughs> like it just happens like it's like the it's, artist it just happens in manga put the
0: 15 year old in the shower <laughs> whoops whoopsie yeah
2: that's what makes manga so exciting to recommend to new
0: readers <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get from page to page <laughs> book to book
1: i like that a bride story has our riskiest pitch but is weirdly like one of the safest books we read at the same time it's yeah, true and most it? and
0: yeah. sweetest You know, like it and BL Metamorphosis are both up there with like, which is about BL and just scary, but are both up with like the most gentle stuff that we read this year. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Unless you're like a little bunny who gets arrowed. Doing pretty good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was re listening to the episode and I was just chuckling at how David said, Oh, I love the little kids the best.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was a fun episode. I love a good Greek chorus. It's such a great (laughs) set of characters. So, yeah, that is. That brings us to the end. Those were our 11, I believe. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 11, 12 if you count, or 13 if you count double volumes. But <laughs> those are 11 picks for the stuff that we read in Season 1, the first 25 episodes of Manga Planning, that we think are great starting points for pretty much any new reader, with a few caveats. I really appreciate you guys listening to this little bonus episode. We wanted to have something out there where... We could just give a list of books that we actually recommended, <laughs> because we can't necessarily recommend everything we read. But we hope you enjoyed it. Usually, we would go for a break at this period, but we're talking. Let's just let's go right into the let's go right into the finale. No commercials this week. Why not? Yes. <laughs> does anyone have anything they want to shout out on this special episode, which will be running the last week of March, last first week of April? I think Chip has something.
3: Uh, 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 Chip does. I had the good fortune to read an advanced copy because I know certain people involved in the production of Ghost Cage, issue number one.
0: (laughs) And who's publishing that? Who's publishing that book, Ghost Cage number one? I believe that's Viz?
3: No, it's Image Comics. (laughs) Image Comics are still around. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Struggling along. Some young up and coming creators. Yeah, it's by Caleb Golner and Nick Dragata, a friend of the cast. And it's it's just awesome. It's about terrifying future world where one corporation controls all of Earth's energy and and there's an act of terrorism and monsters involved and office worker that gets pulled into active <laughs> duty, uh, which is amazing. I was saying in my newsletter today that there are more fun ideas on each page of this than there are in most issues of comics on the stands mine definitely included in that <laughs> yeah it's 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 just awesome and and it, it actually like it feels very relevant to our podcast because it's got such a manga flavor you know nick obviously joined us uh, on our trip to yeah. japan a couple of years ago and he's heavily influenced
0: Nick joined us on the podcast because you didn't like Sutomo Nihei enough. It wasn't because uh, so he didn't uh, like it enough. <laughs> <laughs> he Chris joined us on the podcast to read rumors. you the Riot Act with, in that interview with David. Yeah, I bet he likes the manga.
3: <laughs> I take back everything I've said just now. <laughs> Way to go, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just ruined it all. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it, it's an awesome first issue. Oversized. I think when it comes out, it's going to blow blow the socks off of everyone. And when does it come out again? It's in
1: March 23rd.
3: Yeah. All right. March 23rd. So I think this will be out thereabouts. By then. Yeah. 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 I highly recommend everyone go check it out. And also David brothers edited
1: it. Yeah. <gasps> I he did return to freelance editing just for my friends. It turns out, but I've known Nick for a long time now, you know, ever since the image days, I've known Caleb since comics Alliance. And we basically talk about manga and storytelling and stuff all the time. And so ghost cage, It sort of looks exactly like what those two mixed together would be, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like they really hit, like, that perfect synergy between them. So, I'm excited to read it. How many issues is it? Three 44-page issues. So, like, in and out. Yeah. 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 And, like, they love manga. You can really tell in the length and the pacing, I think. Like, it hits the ground running, to use a way overused (laughs) cliché.
3: The rambunctious ground running.
2: Yes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Very nice.
0: <laughs> awesome. My shout out this week, I'm going to steal Deb's shout out, is a manga by Kotoba Inoya called Smile Down the Runway, which Deb mentioned mm. in our Paradise Kiss episode as being another manga about fashion. And I had occasion to read it this week. And it is, an, weirdly enough, an all-ages manga about a young girl and another young person who want to enter the fashion industry. One wants to be a model and one wants to be a designer. And it sort of takes off and it's like this magical, it's like a sports manga (laughs) where it's like there's these things standing in their way, but they're really good in this one area. So it's the slam dunk of being in a fashion manga. Smile Down the Runway from Kodansha, it's available wherever Kodansha's books are. I read the first couple chapters and I was really charmed by it. And I'm going to go and start reading the series, I think, as like a very low stakes, low stress read before bedtime, maybe. Because <laughs> it's like I wanted to read something completely outside of my interest and comfort zone, my normal interest and comfort zone. And this is just really well done. I like it a lot. So Deb, thank you for recommending that. I'm glad I got to check it out.
2: It actually Great. the last the last volume just came out this week. So Whoa, really? Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Nice. So it It has an ending. It has an ending, so it won't go on for another <laughs> how many gazillion chapters, I guess. <laughs> Ah, oh, manga, it's a long and winding road.
0: <laughs> <laughs> on that note, did you have anything you wanted to recommend this week, Deb?
2: Uh, well, usually what I do when I do a shadow is I look around my desk and I say, what did I read this week?
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and so I guess what I have on my desk is, um, well, I really like Go With the Clouds, North by Northwest.
0: Oh, I really want to read that one. Oh, yeah. is, it's that by good.
2: Aki Irie, and it's yeah. basically set in Iceland. Hmm. It's kind of a interesting little moody mystery story. I don't know quite how to describe it, but and I don't know whether it's something that you would appreciate if you didn't if you've never been to Iceland because it captures the mood of being there mm. beautifully. It's beautifully drawn. I think it's she's in the same magazine as Mori like Harta. So some, oh, okay. some similar vibe. I just can't describe it. It's just kind of like a magical realism story about a a, a, boy, a man who lives in Iceland and he can hear the voices of things. Like he hmm. can hear the voice of his car. He can hear the vo- <laughs> like he can hear the voices of things around him. But it's very low key. And then he uses it to solve little mysteries around him.
3: Hmm. Mm. Sounds like a possible uh, manga explaining pick. That'd yeah, I would good I would, I would recommend show, it.
2: I think it's really good. Yeah.
0: yeah. Who publishes that one?
2: This one is Vertical Kodancha. Oh.
0: Good to know. Okay. And finally, David, did you have anything you wanted to shout out this week? I've been
1: trying to think of something, but I got nothing. So I'm going to shout out Daredevil number one in Devil's Reign from Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> <in the Marvel> <laughs> <Show>. <laughs> wow. Real
3: scratch my back, scratch your yeah. back. Going on
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like, honestly, like I really enjoyed Daredevil when I was getting back into comics. That was one of the characters that I latched onto, And, you know, my friend Chip, who I just found out actually has another name. <gasps> Is writing a really good take on the character, and Marco's mm. drawing an amazing Electra. Like, the oh, hair yeah. is off the charts, it's absurd. Yeah, it's just I good wanna, comics. I want
3: to ge- give the hair its own series,
0: right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead and buy the second Daredevil number one this year. Oh, I'm nice. sure, it'll be. I'm sure it'll be just. I'm sure it'll be the best one. I'm sure it'll be the best of the two Daredevil number ones this year. You can go out and buy Wait.
3: the trade of the, uh, the 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 first volume we did uh, if it uh, ever comes
0: back in print. Ooh, that's a little. Oh, dig, good. That's a little dig of my employers. I actually hold out for the hardcovers, which are also are they out of print? Oh, that's or? out of print as well. Chris, thanks. No, oh, okay. You can just skip to
3: volume two. Oh no, that's out of print as well. <laughs> to to be fair, there is a worldwide paper shortage. Maybe there's not enough.
2: Digital, uh, comics are <laughs> yeah, digital comics. It has a stopped manga. Yeah. there you
0: go.
3: Well, manga's taken up all the paper.
0: Yeah, yeah. Manga's taken all the paper. Yeah. From the, but from the poor <laughs> struggling Marvel comics. <laughs> well, this was a kind hearted <laughs> review episode. <laughs> we ended it in a very different way, but we're glad you were here. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of manga explaining. We will be back April 12th with Ajin Demi human. Number one with David hosting. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you soon.